like to thank podcast host, author, and entrepreneur Jordan Paris to the Healthcare 360 studio for episode number 52. On the Growth Mindset University podcast, Jordan and his guests, ranging from New York Times bestselling authors, billionaires, and world-class athletes, together teach us lessons that we all wish we had learned in school. Additionally, Jordan helps fellow podcasters as the founder and creative director of Trend Up Media, a one-stop shop podcast agency that produces podcasts to help businesses grow. Even at the young age of 22, there is so much we can learn from Jordan. His podcast is ranked number 15 in education within the Apple podcast ecosystem. Listen in today as we talk about podcasting, curiosity, and why hope is not a strategy. Oh, and before I forget, be sure not to miss next week's conversation, episode number 53, with Jason Eric Ross, as he returns to the Healthcare 360 studio to tackle and unpack a big topic that's affecting everyone's marriage and relationships at home. Glad you're here, only on Healthcare 360. Welcome back to episode Healthcare 360. I'm your host, Scott Burgess. In front of me, I have a friend who I met by a forceful phone call one day. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking through Messenger on LinkedIn, and I'm like, dude, what's your phone number? I have some questions for you. <laughs> so Jordan Paris at jordanparis.com was nice enough to text me back his phone number. From that point, he decided to give me a little tidbit. And I started paying attention to what he was doing, how he was doing it, how he was approaching it. He is one of the best podcasts out there, and he has unbelievable guests. What you're doing with Growth Mindset Universe and how you're bringing it about for someone, I don't want to say of your age, but your skill set and what you learn at a young age that you have. If I learned half the things that you learned at your age, I'd probably be in a different seat right now. So kudos to you. He developed his own website. He developed his own podcast from scratch. He wrote a book, The Podcast Playbook, which he gracefully brought me one. Really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. We're live in the studio. Thank you for being here. I mean, thanks for the kind words. And Thanks for taking enough of an interest in me to be curious enough to ask me questions here. I'm, uh, oh, yeah, I'm yeah. honored. I, I imagine a day when I'm like 80 years old and nobody wants to talk to me anymore. <laughs> and uh, I'll look back on my days in the studio with Scott and be like, man, that was so awesome. So thanks for having me. I want to thank yeah. everyone for listening and just the propulsion to want to do it week after week after mm-hmm. week. And I haven't missed a week yet. I don't like when podcasters miss weeks. I don't either. I think you were on the podcast and you were talking Mm -hmm. about how you did your first 50, you did one a week, and then you accelerated, you double accelerated. I did. And then you started doing two a week to break that 100 because the credibility mark. I did three a week for a span of seven weeks even. Really? It was too much chasing your tail. Mm. Even with processes optimizing, I'd pair for two guests a week and then figure out what to talk about on Friday. Yeah. Because it was a solo episode Friday. Just the preparation alone. I mean, you have to show up well for the other person. Right. And uh, it's tough, tough to do two in a week. I actually have to, not that I'm, I'm not releasing two this week. Uh, you know, I'm, that's not going to happen I've for done a long time. I've two in a day once. Yeah. Actually, not you, once, you, a couple yeah, times. Yeah, you do have to do that sometimes. But I haven't, uh, it'll be Saturday tomorrow. I'm going to see our mutual friend Shay. Mm-hmm. She's cool, by the way. Yeah. yeah. We recorded, I think, episode 44. Mm-hmm. I just put the video out on LinkedIn, yeah. uh, the promo video. Yeah. It was good. I uh, heard tomorrow and then someone else on Monday. So that's two in a span of three days. Like, oh, wow. That's, that's for me, like a lot, a lot, a lot, you know? I'm okay doing one a day. Yeah. I'm fine doing that. When I do two a day and I've done it three or four separate times, 
It, yeah. It's a lot of I, mental capacity that goes into that. Joe Rogan sits there for three hours and he's like, oh, I got Neil deGrasse Tyson coming in right after you for the podcast. And he sits and has another three-hour conversation. Yeah. I don't understand yeah. how he does that. Well, like, when you're getting paid, sure. assuming, I don't know, but assuming based on what people know about the advertising models mm-hmm. that he follows, I think he's making advertising alone hundred grand an episode. Fair. Still, I wouldn't do them back to back. Like I'll wait a few hours or like tomorrow, you know? Yeah. What I want to kind of structure today with and kind of lead everyone down the path is you've done from scratch on your own, hack, 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 how to build a podcast, how to write a book, how to do all these different things. How did you start it? What was the mindset position you had to be in? What was the first step that you took? Well, I was 18 and I worked in a restaurant for two and a half years and I got out of there and I said, I'll never work for anyone ever again. And I so remember that story you were yeah, scrubbing. I was a busser and a server and I flamed out as a server in a month and a half. Like it just, my people skills were not there. I would love to like, <laughs> I would love a restaurant to allow me for like one day to just do a shift. I only want to do one day. It would have to be at a restaurant that I know because I'd have to know the menu. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I have friends that run these restaurants. That I literally ask, like, can I, I want to test my people skills like four years later. And they're like, no, you got to pass these tests. And I'm like, screw it. And so I was like figuring out what do I want to do? I'm not going to be happy working for somebody else. And I wanted to be a personal trainer. I wanted to have like online programs and yeah, sell them yeah. a, a, around the world. I also wanted to start with in-home clients. I wanted to have real experience. And so. My uncle's friend, Steve Jordan, who's a celebrity trainer out in Los Angeles, is doing it real well, training like Toby Maguire and Ariana Huffington and, and going to these people's houses. So I asked if I could work for him for a few weeks, and I, he was graceful enough to say yes uh, after I asked him a bunch of questions on, for like 60 minutes on the phone. So I went out there and um, – How much were they making at that time? I th- he charges like $200 an hour. Okay. So That's good money. Yeah. Yeah. It was – yeah, it's great. Especially back then, I thought it was really awesome. You right. know? I was like, oh, my God. So I learned how to be in a world-class <laughs> personal trainer. How uh, old were you? I was 18, 18, turning 19 in a few months, summer going into college. And, you know, just little things I learned. Like, if you're going to charge a lot of money, I mean, you can't, you can't bring a Dasani water bottle or Aquafina water bottle. And you have to have a Fiji water bottle. Like, brand <laughs> consistency, man. <laughs> I learned about brand consistency as an 18-year-old, little things like that can't wear like shorts. You have to wear like the Lululemon pants, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. So, and so you then, had to walk the walk and talk. Yeah, talk. yeah, yeah, yeah. He started giving me a little bit more responsibility and using like the Theragun on them and stuff mm-hmm. like that. you sure you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. It's nice. It's a cool – I like it. It's a cool tool. Yeah, and so I, I get my own certification from NASM and uh, it takes me a couple of months to get clients, but I finally figure it out. That's a whole story in and of itself. Yeah. In March of uh, 17, March 2017, all of a sudden, within one week, after two months of no clients, all I, in one week, I got my first two clients, and I was making $60 an hour, mm-hmm. seeing them twice a week, and it was like, all right, this is cool. I was a freshman in college, $60 an hour compared to you know $10 an hour of, the, of my peers, like, this is cool. Then I, I tried my hand at online. It didn't really work out. Didn't know how to market it yet. I did not mm-hmm. understand, but it was a worthy venture. I spent... The entire summer of 2017, like every single day, that's what I did, was putting together these programs and shooting the exercise videos. I was using a software called PT Distinction, yep. whom I actually interviewed the founder of recently. I love that's that cool. software. Yeah. Tim, wow. Tim Say. They developed an app, like an yeah. automated AI-based app that does all that now. They're pushing yeah. it on Instagram. I saw it. Interesting. 
while I still have the in-home clients, I'm like, eh, well, $60 an hour, I have to like travel somewhere, uh, whether it's five minutes or 30 minutes. I have to go there. I have to show up and be there. My physical presence is required. And I found myself like, ah, do I want to go up north and see my family this weekend? No, I really don't because I'm missing out on X amount of clients, X amount of dollars. Oh, I'm like, so you're I, chasing the money then. Yeah. And yeah. my income was tied to a location. And I was like, all right, I took my foot off the, the gas there and started to decelerate that and started developing websites, make three, $4,000 a pop because uh, I had to create my own website and I started to get good at it mm-hmm. uh, over the- How long did it take you to learn WordPress? Oh, well. I remember you said it, it took a little bit when we first started. There's a good website for people. It's tyler.com. This guy named Tyler yep. literally has 29 free video lessons. That you don't even have to give your email to him. It's literally just on this the website. T-Y-L-E-R.com? Tyler.com. And wow. you just you create a website right alongside him. That's what I did, and it was okay. And then I and then I got better and better and better at it yep. uh, over a span of a couple of months. It took me a month to build my first WordPress website. Now I could Now I could do one like – like amazing in in like four hours, you know. Oh, really? Yeah, I could, you know, I you can the, from scratch. The, yeah, Impressive. yeah, wow. It was a template. Even then, I was like, this is still not the level of freedom I want. I still am putting in a lot of time into these websites. I I'm like a glorified freelancer, really. Mm-hmm. I wanted to really build a business with processes and people and delegation. I had a bad experience with a client developing a website towards like the beginning of 2019. And I was like, all right, I'm never doing this again. I I was so sick of it. I liked doing it for myself. And I still like playing around on my own website. Yeah. But doing it for other people is really just not for me. You know, my company now, Trend Up Media, we do create podcast websites, only podcast websites. Mm-hmm. And pretty yeah, simple. Yeah, legit. Yeah, thanks. And so. It's the mindvibe.show. Yeah, I love her website, Danielle's website, our client, the mindvibe.show instead of .com, it's .show. .show, right, yeah. Do you find that people get confused with the extension, like .io, uh, .com, .org, .net, um, et cetera? Well, some people would argue you do need a .com domain. It's co- just getting so hard because a lot of the names are being no. gobbled up, and there's it's a business crazy. there. And it's crazy. I know, for example, now, I own healthcare360podcast.com. Mm. Healthcare360.com is up for sale. Mm. Take a guess of what the cost is. 20000 bucks. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. No, Actually, I- I'm sorry. It's 24000 Excuse uh, me. The sale price is 18000 uh, I'm like, for what? I'm branding myself anyway. So if something ever happened to Healthcare360. I'll pay 25000 bucks for health.com. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, right? I mean- <laughs> yeah, that's an easy one. Yeah. But I'm looking at all of the options that they're going to give you. But there's .io, .org, .net, everything else. And I'm like, I mean, you got to have the .com. The only one that I foresee that's going to take the, the toll off of the .com is the .io. Really? Yeah. The mindvibe.show, it's a, it's a show. It's, it's not the mindvibeshow.com. For me, actually, trend.media, my company, it's not trendupmedia.com. It's trendup.media. Gotcha. It's cool, I yeah. think. You know? <laughs> it's yeah. different. Yeah. Only thing I ever worry about mm. is just if there's so many people that are so used to going to .com, yeah, will they remember to do that? Yeah, and that's. But that's if they want the to find thing. you, they'll find you. That that's the sure. part of the whole thing. Sure. The the day, yeah, you know? I mean, if you look up Trend Up Media and Google, it'll come up. But that is the worry that when in doubt, people are going to think, "Oh, it was .com." Exactly. Yeah. I just did a test the other day. I, I do it randomly to make sure everything still works. 
because there is a scottburgess.com, which is something completely different than what we're doing. If you just type in healthcare 360 now, both of my websites pop up. Good. Which good. is good. So we're yeah. in SEO. Everything's clicking. Screw those people charging 24. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm like, yeah. yeah, seriously. I was like 24 yeah. grand for a website. JordanParis.com wasn't even available. You would have it was, Yeah. There's this guy that was on Australia's Got Talent. He ended up getting into like a similar space of me. We're actually friends on Facebook now. Yeah. I remember what JordanParis.com looked like. He had it up for, for a while. Like it was a good website, right? Then one day he let it. Oh, he let it expire. He let it lapse. And I was checking Ooh. it all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the second it became available, I swooped in 11 bucks off auction from GoDaddy. No I kidding. Like, yeah. I look at mine too. <laughs> the guy who owns it now, he's had a legitimate business six to eight years mm-hmm. And I'm just waiting. I would love to call right. him and say, hey, like your business name, corporation-wise, is not even the same as the website. Like why? Hmm. Buy right. that one and give me that one. I'll pay right. for it. Right. Yeah. But I'm sure he'll probably try to charge me 24 yeah. grand, whatever it may be. Just to put a bow on your first question, I got rid of the whole website thing. And, you know, people started asking me questions about podcasting. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the beginning of 2019, and it just kept happening and happening. Because Growth Mindset University, my podcast was starting to gain traction. I was really starting to get really good guests, really starting to get listeners. You've got and some amazing guests. Thank you. Period. Not even thank some you. good guests. You have amazing. You had Naveen Jain. Naveen Jain. He's a global leader mm-hmm. in microbiome health. And the space race. Yeah. The, the guy is well, well known. Uh, Mark Manson, James Altucher, uh, which is one of my favorite Choose, books. Yeah. Uh, Choose Yourself. Yeah. Just hilarious. I mean, his book was unreal this past week when we had Kristen camilla on uh, that story is just i mean the, the amount of downloads that we've gotten in three days alone on that show yes. of course the title's intriguing the story is just yeah. so compelling it really just legitimized we have no clue oh what's happening with our own personal health care yeah we have no. at, at the government level <laughs> sure. i shouldn't say that we don't no i don't have any clue we do have a clue but we don't want to accept mm the truths that are right in front of us it was oh no no there's so many things that we, we don't, even, <laughs> don't even realize oh yeah there's some crazy dark shit i'm sure oh yeah yeah in short your cells your choice pulled out the fat cell centrifuge pulled out the stem cell re-injected it and tremendous amount of healing effects mm-hmm. okay no pharmaceuticals needed no drug therapies needed everything was cool the company came in, they had the deep pockets, they paid the lobbyists, the lobbyists positioned the U.S. regulatory services, the FDA, the CDC, the NIH. They just financially beat them up, court case mm-hmm. after court case. At the same time, because of different state jurisdictions, there was a case going on in California and there was a case going on here in Florida. The case in California was like, no, you can't do that. What happened in Florida? They didn't even give her a word to speak on her own behalf. Now it went to the Supreme Court, and there's going to be a ruling on it pretty soon, oh. probably in their favor. Mm. The difference is what they were doing, and this is just mind-boggling because it's always following the money, they were looking for reimbursement, $5,000 per case versus $1.2 million. And that right there is what gets me amped up when I talk about all this kind of yeah. stuff. There seems to be a lot of people doing or trying to promote to do what we do. Start sure. your own podcast. So there's a... Brian mm-hmm. Rose, for example, like his methodology mm-hmm. a lot. London Real, mm-hmm. free product offering, low product offering, mm-hmm. prime offering, sure. and then the mega. Why don't we just blow up podcasting? Because realistically, all you need is your iPhone, the Anchor app, 
and a halfway decent microphone. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. What's your thought on that? Obviously, I have a company <laughs> that produces podcasts. I'm that's pretty, why I'm, asking I'm pretty you. biased. Right. I mean, I understand what you do, but I want to be fair at the same time because some people are saying maybe I can do it on my own. Maybe well, I do need this. Maybe I don't. Look, a lot of people can do it on their own. It's just Good. it takes a lot, a lot of time and effort that goes into every episode. It could be like four hours every episode. And sure, yeah, you, know, you might have the time. You might be at a point in your career where you really don't have the time, and mm -hmm. it's worth hiring someone. But I'll put it to this way: without my podcast, I don't make money like i just i don't know what i would do because i'm constantly getting leads because i have lead magnet ad reads baked into the intro outro and mid-roll of my podcast yeah you know changing up constantly where it is it's not like joe rogan's podcast where the first seven minutes are ads nobody listens to that you just skip through, through it right. the dynamic I insertion is like yeah yeah nobody listens the the dynamic insertion of the lead magnet ad read is critical so that the stimuli so to say in psychology does not become saturated it's more of a recommendation or a throw-off versus you should buy this sure like i said i don't do it every episode but one of the main things that i advertise uh, in addition to paid advertisements and i, only, I heard one the other day i only did. recently started doing that yeah I, uh, toner microphone yes something like yes, that yes, yes. Yeah. good microphone I mean, obviously, I serve podcasters, and I put together this free course called How to Become a Rockstar Podcaster. It's a really good course. People say I should be charging for it. You I, also have a great Facebook page in that as well. Thank you. So yeah, it's look a it Rockstar Podcaster. Yeah, I appreciate Facebook you looking out group. for me on that one, too. And including yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Only, not everyone gets accepted. It's uh, only <laughs> only my favorite and elite podcasters. You know, I'm in there, obviously, you know, because I'm, I'm so elite. Yeah, yeah right, right, right. <laughs> I started the group, so I can be in there. Um, Hala Taha, my friend, uh, Lauren Tickner, James Altucher is in there. Yeah, thinking of asking Lewis to be in there, Lewis House. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I hate to be needy though. But he has a great podcast. Yeah, it would just be great if he was in you there. Listen to the one that he did with Les Brown. I probably many years ago. No, no, the, the more recent one. Oh, the then yeah, no, I, when I, all I, the writing started going on. I'd he, love to hear that. Oh, he did not hold back. He no dove way. into it. Yeah. Uh, what was so compelling about that interview was the stories that Les Brown told about his mom and when he was younger, true 1960s racism that was going on. It was just a really sure. strong story. Mm -hmm. uh, and I never heard it that way before. I'm eager to hear that from him. Yeah. But with podcasts, I mean, every time someone signs up for that course, uh, people love that course. They learn a lot from it. 75% of the podcasts I get on, they're like, oh my God, Jordan, the only reason I have a podcast is because of you, because of that course. And it's really Admittedly, a fulfilling thing, man. A lot of the things that I've done... The stuff that I've learned from you, and not necessarily from talking to you all the time about it, is by watching at the same time. Mm -hmm. Who's doing what? Like you saw out on the board, right? Pat Flynn. I know you used him before as a reference point. I like what he has to offer. Somewhat a little bit too vanilla for me, but I still like mm -hmm. the base of it. I like Brian Rose. He's the punch in the face type of a guy. Yeah. I'm like, okay, where are the gaps here with the synergies? Yeah. Constantly thinking about it. But you have folded into that sure. mix at the same time. Yeah. Like, I mean, everyone who signs up for that course, I engaging them in, in conversations. I email, I, only a handful of people who have signed up for that course have gotten away with not getting a personal email from me. It's not some auto email that's triggered to go out. Like, no, it's a, something that seems like an auto email because I'm sitting there in front of my email sometimes and a, a registration comes through mm -hmm. and I'll just like do it real quick, you know? <laughs> and I'll, even if it's like one second after, I'll be like, P.S., this is not. 
yeah, and automated. Yeah. <laughs> this is like actually me. Right. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's cool. Uh, so I, I'm engaging these people in conversation. Not everyone's a qualified prospect. That's, uh, that happens with a free course, but a lot of times I am getting on the phone with these people and, uh, seeing if my company services can be a fit. You know what else too? I find that so many times when I'm on a sales conversation, even somebody that I reached out to, not that, that didn't sign up for my course, you know, someone I just reached out to on LinkedIn. I have a meeting scheduled with them and I get on with them and like it happened right before I came here. Mm-hmm. It's like, I love your podcast, Jordan. Been listening for X amount of months or, or a year. So what follows after that, after they get that out of the way? What are they following up with? We want to do or we want to engage or we want to sign up for? Well, a lot of these people, yeah, let's sign up for my services, the done for you podcasting services. So LinkedIn yeah. is working just, for you as far as drawing leads. And- yeah. Well, look, I think social selling, there's a school of thought in social selling that is such a myth. And it's that I'm going to create content all the time and leads are just going to come to me. Yeah. It's social selling, man. Like, like you don't have to pitch anymore. And I think that that's so dangerous because yes, you will get some leads coming to you through social selling and just posting content. You'll get some inbound leads for sure, but you're not going to get a ton, not near. If you're not reaching out to people, pitching people every, at least every weekday, mm-hmm. 10 to 12 people at the very least, then uh, I, I don't, I don't know what you're doing. I mean, cause yeah. I don't like to hope is hope is not a strategy. And I feel like with social selling, people are relying on hope. You need to take control. You should want to take control of your business. And like, heck, you can give yourself a raise anytime you damn want. I'll, I'll just reach out to 12 people today. I'll book a, a, a meeting or four and, uh, and I'll do that tomorrow and I'll book more meetings and I'll book more meetings and someone's going to say yes. And I'll add a thousand dollars in, in monthly recurring revenue by like two weeks from now, you know, like you yep. can give yourself a raise anytime you damn want. I like to be in control of that. And the whole social selling, you don't need to pitch. Like I said, is dangerous and, mm. and a, a lie. And I had to find out the hard way. That's what I was taught. I remember in the beginning where you said, yeah, I was doing podcasts and it'd be Friday and you had a podcast coming up on Monday and you'd be like scrambling to get some guests on real quick and just to get them yeah. ready and you were all over the map. Flying by the seat of my pants at one yeah. point. Early on, yeah, in 2018. So that was from episode zero to? That was zero to probably 45 or okay. so. Okay, so you were having fun in a way. Yeah, and then you started getting serious about it, and you were learning. You were kind of getting all your. I wasn't even having the mo- much fun. Oh, really? I wanted to quit at thirty. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Thank God I didn't. <laughs> but dude, I really I don't know. So I what just, stopped you from quitting? First off, you have to understand why I wanted to quit because it was just podcasting because I thought it was something I should do. That's kind of why I started a podcast. I thought that's it was what Grant I Cardone do. said in your podcast. He said that mm. he felt it was necessary. He did say that. When you asked him the question that (laughs) came into how do you record your audio, he says, we do it through video and video only. So what I learned from that and listening to that was you can get two birds with one stone. Yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah, definitely. You know, as yeah, a lot long of people as you, do a LinkedIn Live and repost right, it a podcast. Which is why in and, the studio here, yeah. I upped my camera so much, put a lot of money into the cameras with the mixer board. Because I don't care of the audio going into the video because you can stitch it together with the audio that's going into mm-hmm. the PC mm-hmm. and, and do the whole alignment there. You really can do that. And I was like, man, that's really, really smart. And then I had to learn and teach myself. You know my background, designing ORs and things like that. How to structure the whole thing, how to build it all together, how to get all this to, to work. 
Not too many cables around, you know? It's a lot of cables around now, that's for sure, you know? Yeah, yeah. Episode 30, you were thinking about quitting, but why didn't you? I just didn't. Reason or... went on. Okay. That's acceptable. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, you're feeling down and out. It's okay to kill yourself. Just do it tomorrow. And then next day, I'll I'll do it tomorrow. I forgot where we learned this, but Michelle, Michelle uses this all the time. Sometimes things are a struggle. Hey, did you do X, Y, and Z? We have four daughters. There's a lot of things to remember for all of them. She does an unbelievable job. But she says, hey, will you brush one tooth? Yeah, right, right. Yes. <laughs> right. I think James said that in his book. Who the hell brushes one tooth? Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So I guess the whole thing. that was part of the methodology I was using, I guess, at that time in September of 18. And I was just super depressed. Literally no reason. Mm-hmm. That whole month, September of 18, was like, I don't know what happened. It's just a... a bad up here. Yeah. And then things got better. I started being a little bit more intentional with the podcast and started to establish a schedule instead of flying by the seat of my pants. Mm-hmm. What were your immediate results that you saw? It was a slow transition in the 40s, going by episode numbers here, 40s, 50s, 60s, and then 70s is when I really start to like dial it in, mm-hmm. really start to up the quality, also start to take chances, be a little bit more bold and reach out to people that I was just waiting for some random day to reach out to, like in the future. Like a friend named Wesley, yep. uh, Wesley Bear is his name. He was like, Jordan, I don't know why you're waiting to reach out to these people. Like you should reach out to them now. So you're like re- the Mark Manson of the world, the Grant yes, Cardone of the world. Exactly. Yeah. And this was around like episode six. 60 or something. Mm-hmm. It was January of You're just writing emails, making phone calls, social media DMs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Emails. 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 emails, okay. emails yes. Then uh, I was like, eh, all right. And I waited two weeks and then I started really being a little bit more bold. When you mean bold, what do you mean by bold? So asking. M- multiple Asking emails? these people. I wasn't asking them to begin with. Oh, you were kind of just toying around with it. Yeah. Saying, oh, I, I have this podcast. Like, I'm hoping something happened or you just weren't I saying, just, hey, what I wasn't have you taking ch- big chances. I was I had very middling hopes. When it comes down to it now, two years later, that I just I reach out to people who I'm already naturally curious about, people mm-hmm. whose books I've read, people whose products I use, people <clears> whose <throat> services I use. I find out who's behind this, yeah. who's responsible for this. And I interview them and there's just a natural line of questioning where I don't have to like feign curiosity. Feigning means pretending. I, mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of feigning curiosity going yeah, on yeah. In, in a lot of podcasts nowadays. It's a weird phenomenon. And I don't like that dynamic. Everyone's so afraid. I started to reach out. Plus I, people I don't started want to get to, censored too, by the way. Mm-hmm. That, that's a big thing going on right now with censorship. People are afraid of getting censored because sure. they need the podcast. Because if you don't have the podcast and nothing else works. Mm-hmm. And if you get censored, you toast. For the first time I actually had to think about, am I going to get censored for this? What happens nah, if I I don't if think I about do? that stuff, dude. Going back to your bold point, I would say like episode 31, 32, somewhere around there, like the switch just turned on. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Don't care. Remembering that my mother would listen to this, my family members would listen to this. Michelle does all the editing. So, of course, she's the first one to listen to it. And she has all these questions. It got to a point where I don't care. It doesn't matter. I'm not that original where I haven't thought, performed, completed the act that throughout human history, no one else has done the same. Big deal. Yeah, it's just... I don't, I don't really perform. And if you're just being yourself and, and not performing and you don't really have to worry about faltering because the nature of performance is that 
Inevitably. Mm. You can go an hour or two, but you you will falter inevitably at some point. Well, the thing that you just brought up, which really strikes a chord with me in the right way, it's about curiosity. You're bringing people on who are bringing about curiosity. Yeah, that's what, so I started doing that around 60, 70, 80. And, and then you see like 20 episodes <clears throat> later, I had Mark Manson on before right. episode 100. And it was just like a radical transformation over the next. So but that's that where I would have to disagree with you a little bit. Uh, the reason why I'm, I'm uh, structuring it this way is when we want to bring someone on. And so I'm actually going to bring someone on again who's already been on the show. There's a lot of shit going on at home right now because of COVID. And I remember him saying before. Most marriages or most relationships are already struggling ahead of time. What COVID did, it really jacked people up emotionally, financially, spiritually. Yeah. There's a lot of hardship going on out there. Mm-hmm. And right now, more than ever, how can you help somebody? Just give them an outlet. Give them something else to listen to. Give them an alternate point of view. Mm-hmm. That's the value right there. And he's not a well-known super elite psychotherapist yeah. but what the value that he's going to bring oh, to I it understand. is all I, there look some of my best podcasts are with people that are more unknown like yeah, my, yeah. my most famous guests yeah. are not always my best podcasts in fact it's sometimes quite the opposite right i just contrast those points going back and forth and validation yes uh different points of view of course the thing that again the most is the curiosity I lead the same way. Mm-hmm. I'm really mm-hmm. curious about mm-hmm. you, what you did, how you did it, because selfishly, my kids are going to be your age yeah. at some point. Yeah. And I'm like, Soon. okay, you're right. How did he do it? What's the special sauce? What were the mistakes? What are the necessary learning lessons? All right, I'm honored that you're that you're curious about me. Like I said <laughs> at the beginning. <laughs> what makes this dude tick? Yeah. I mean, by the way, you, you drove up in a banging car. <laughs> That's almost, uh, put it to you this way, the color of the car is orange, but if you think of Bumblebee and how just, just fresh that color was, that's how fresh this orange color is on that Ford Mustang GT. Thanks. That's why I got Amazing. it. Amazing. I got it because the color. Yeah. And of course, <laughs> Allie, my youngest daughter was, my gosh, your car is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, man. So keep going. So you own a media company. You teach people how to podcast. I would not blow up podcasting. Let me just clear that up i wanted to throw the question out there just to kind of see if we can get some some contrast on it i would not throw it up because there's way more that goes into it way more that goes into it it's not just i mean just scheduling people alone oh it, yeah it's hard enough oh i know my, my god you literally know? some people some of our clients were like we don't have time to even schedule it right. so I, I added a whole new service an outreach service okay to your point yeah it, it, it takes time and especially if you're trying to get across a certain this happened by mistake and this is my point is we talked about this gentleman, Ari Ginsberg. He reached out. He said, hey, we have someone who wants to come on the show. And I'm like, what's the topic point? Or what are they interested in? What business do they run? And it was a pharmaceutical company. Mm-hmm. Now, I did not pre-plan this. Mm-hmm. It just talked about Kristen Camella and her battle with U.S. regulatory services. Episode 49. Well, guess what episode 50 is? Yeah. I, it just I like the I, I like it, man. It's crazy. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. I was like, Wow. So when you talk about intuitions and manifestations and all that kind of language as far as how things project themselves out, it was supposed to happen that way. Yes. It was crazy. <laughs> I think it's good it happened that way. You know? Presenting uh, But again, presenting the curiosity. Sides, the, you know? And that was the thing. So Good with, old A-B argument. Right. Exactly. Uh-huh. The CEOs of this company, they were really good. I, I got to commend them. I was very fair 
as much as I let them speak about what their product was doing and what their process looked like, I said, look, if you watch any big pharma or drug therapy commercial, you have these 20 side effects and people are hurting so much that they're willing to. I think these companies are so predatory. Look, I used to be in the the health space. Health was the number one thing I cared about and talked about. Yeah. I, I would be on PubMed.gov like all the time. Oh, yeah, I would yeah, yeah. I would write these papers and and yeah, I remember feeling like super frustrated with these pharmaceutical companies. Yeah. I brag on them all the time. Well, I mean, yes and no. Yeah. And I have two approaches with it. If people are working on themselves, they need a starting point. So if you're taking a drug therapy, and this is why I wanted them to come on the show. In fairness, I said, look, there are a lot of side effects out there. What are you doing to assure that this is going to be safe? For people who want to take it, mm. what does it do? Now, I graduated with very high focus in anatomy and physiology, so didn't Michelle. I understand the human body. Most people don't know that. I think it's a, it's a fair comment to say. So when I'm going into anatomy and physiology, and they're telling me that they're bypassing the blood-brain barrier, going right to the amygdala, I'm like, holy shit, these things are clicking in. And now my curiosity went from like a seven, seven and a half, which is high, to like a 10. What does that do? How did it happen? What are the effects of it? What do the trials look like? He did a fantastic job answering the question. Good. At the same time, I had four executives reach out thereafter and said, would you mind if we review the podcast? Interesting. Yeah, right? Interesting. And so I, I looked at that and I said, huh, we're in Destin, Florida on vacation at the time. I looked at Michelle. I said, I think we rose some eyebrows on this one. <laughs> she goes, you were fair. She did the edit, just to give you a little yeah. story there. It was, it was quite that's interesting. Fun. But anyways, but how things align up yeah. going into scheduling people and, and things of that nature. Then the editing process, getting accepted by Apple, Google, Spotify, all the big players. Ah, right? Simple stuff. Simple stuff. Those are the simpler things. But if you haven't done it before. Sure. Right? In the beginning. Because uh-huh. uh-huh. once it's rolling, I mean, if you had to go back now and remember the process to get enrolled, would you remember it? Well, we do it as a company, so well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> touche, touche. So, but yeah, it takes a process to go through that. And yeah. then using services like Canva.com. Love like the, it. The artwork and all that kind of stuff. I only just – by the way, Canva and uh, – like they, they need to pay me because I sponsor them a lot. Yeah, dude, I talk about them a I lot. I only started using them for some marketing material like at the end of writing this book. And then I went in and added – canva i believe to some of the, the tools and i recommend in the book and man i i just look i create uh, you know the quote card images you see me post the the mini books that you see me post like yeah the nine ways to transform education for the better featuring seth godin and my yeah. conversation with him for episode 200 by the way it's seth godin talking. by the way again another global sure. i create speaker. these mini books about my podcast episodes with canva like maybe you saw the one this is my favorite one it was one of the first ones i ever did it was how to spot a narcissist featuring Robert Greene. Oh, yeah, we, we yeah, talked yeah. about that on yeah. my podcast, and I love that section. Of, well, you saw uh, my comment on your post about that. That's one of my favorite books. Well, it was the a long time ago. Oh, 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 power. oh, yeah, a couple the days ago. Yeah, the one more yeah. recent one. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. It's uh, I read that book three times. I haven't read it in a while, do, but the laws of human nature. You'll thank me later. Just Robert Greene. Yes. Okay. Read that book. The laws of human. I nature. think it's better than Forty Eight Laws of Power. Really? Yeah. I would consider the 48 Laws of Power my business Bible. Yeah. I mean, both of them are my business Bibles. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's, there's, um, I mean, what else is my business Bible? I'd say, uh, 
I mean, definitely Tim Ferriss's four-hour work week. That's and definitely how I how, how I is operate that possible? Now. Walk me through that real quick. I have no well, idea. No, I haven't read the book. It's I, really about creating your muse and figuring out. And you your, really work four hours like that's it. I mean, not really. Uh, because there's no way in but, what I would do on a day to day. For a quick example of designing ORs with engineers no, and I planners, know. it's just no way of the doing idea it. is to really <clears throat> be free to live anywhere, anytime, and have this business running in the background covering more than your expenses. This business, aka your muse, he calls it. Yeah. People that were that have heard my story in the beginning, that's what I've really been building toward over the past four years. And I'm at a point now where I can live anywhere, anytime. And it, like I don't have to be some the amount of money I make is the same no matter where I go. Mm-hmm. Like I'm gonna take off for uh, for Bali very soon. Once uh, Oh before I forget to ask you, hold on. You had one course it was on LinkedIn. You wrote this, but you had one course to go, and something happened with the registration. Did you finish it? Oh, that was almost disaster. Oh, I, so you got it. So, for context, <clears throat> for context, it was uh, my last semester. You know, I've been building a all this. My story in the beginning, all this was happening throughout my four years of college, and I like couldn't wait to get out of there and never do school again, and not have a job, and just be free. Like, you were planning I'm, on going overseas at that point. Yes, I was going to right after graduation, but right. you know, we know what happened. Yeah. But I'm still very much planning on pulling the trigger in 2020. I don't care what the recommendations are. Like, oh, you shouldn't go over there. But if the borders are open, I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Indonesia, I find out September 11th if, if they open up. But anyway, okay. I was a couple of months away from graduating, like three months away. And I found uh, – I was notified that uh, I won't be graduating this semester because I – Signed up for a wrong course, and, and now the X requirement will not be fulfilled. So I went in there. I, I went in. I emailed all the deans. <laughs> and, I remember hearing this. And then I scored some meetings, and I only needed one. I scored several meetings, but I only needed this one. And I went in, <laughs> sat there in the parking lot before. I sat there in my car, and I was like, "How do I want to show up today?" You know, I was like, "I want to be humble, kind, respectful." confident and happy and it added up to be that added up to be charming like i was something took over me in in there like when my back is against the wall and something like like i'm graduating this semester like i needed to um i needed to get out of there because there was some financial incentive as well to to graduate because of the there's like a fgcu does a program where if you graduate in four years and do all these other requirements and you get your first year of tuition back. So that's $22,000 check I would have been missing out on. And now I'm thankfully, because it worked out, I'm going to get, but I'm in the meeting and I'm just employing all my work on human behavior and human nature. Like that's a, for people that don't know, I mean, it's my favorite thing to study human behavior and communication. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it comes from, I'm a recovering awkward person, you know? So I, I've, I've recovering awkward person. Yeah. I've had to do a lot of work. So I never heard that before. Yeah. What does that mean? I used to be really awkward and I couldn't know how to talk to people. So that's my favorite thing. Is to that study. a real thing? Yeah. I'm, I'm, no, I mean, it's, it's not. I'm just saying it. You know, I okay. got it from Vanessa Van Edwards, who's oh, my okay. like, social right. superhero. I went in that meeting and, and every single thing I've learned about human behavior and communication just like came together so perfectly in that meeting when mm. so much was on the line. And she was laughing at me and we were having a good time. I almost like, it was like, you know, I was like a, 55-year-old woman. I almost thought she, like, liked me. I was like... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then... Uh, and so... But, man, it just worked out. It, let's just say it worked out. I got in the class I needed to a month 
and a half late, and it really worked out, thank God, and uh, graduated. Congratulations. Thanks. Bali. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to take off in a, on a Southeast Asia trip to Bali, Vietnam, Philippines. Uh, mostly Bali, though. Mm -hmm. I'll probably spend the most time there. That's where I plan on going first. But I do Japan to maybe How do you Singapore. plan a podcast in there on your phone? Oh, no, no. no. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring my computer and my microphone. And, okay. And so I have my I have my business running. I have money coming in, and it's just I can go there and still do my work that I need to do and do my podcast. Granted, there's a twelve hour time difference, and I'm going to have to record probably at nine o'clock at night, which I won't like to do. But I'm going to make that work. Yeah, you'll figure it um, out. And and I can have an adjustment period too because I'm like two months ahead on podcasts. So I was on a podcast. I could take a month break and and still be a month ahead. Like I can take a month to figure it out over there. Sure. And so, how many weeks are you ahead right now? Oh wow. Uh, Probably meaning a backlog. Yeah, probably six or seven. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's healthy. I fluctuate somewhere between sometimes three weeks up to seven weeks. Over two months is a little much. I think so too. I've, yeah. I've been there. I don't um, like that. A month is healthy. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, going back to the what I, I think the reason we started talking about this, it was Thursday and I didn't know what episode was going to come out on like Monday. Like I didn't, I would do episodes like, two days beforehand and like it just wasn't when i started po podcasting it wasn't professional like it just now everything about it is like just like this is super professional yeah thank you i'm always looking for gap I, i've said that many times is gap analysis gap analysis and that's what i would do if i was designing a suite for a hospital like where are the breaks where are the physicians having their pain points so i'll ask for my own self because i'm always looking for improvement and i said hey what do you think of the show? Where could we improve? What about this? What about that? And a friend of mine, Chad Crowsdale, he used to be the general manager slash CEO of Striker Communications. He said, look, man, he goes, you have to nail one thing and one thing only. This is the only thing that matters, audio. Yeah, it's audio. So He's if your audio sucks, yes. people are out. Because I, if I, little, yeah. little ticks. I know. I can't even can't believe how it. many people miss this. Yeah. And look, I'll put it to you this way. I listen to exactly zero podcasts that are recorded on Zoom. It sounds like shit. Well, let me give you- It sounds let me, it does. amateurish. But let me give you a workaround on that. Oh, yeah. There's workarounds. There's workarounds. Yeah. For sure. There's workarounds for all of them. And this is where, going back to the question I asked, would you blow up a podcast and just give simple skills? The answer is no. And here's why. Because you need the video. And you need the automation. So, for example, like my process right now would be, Jordan, now we didn't do it this way just because we're friends, we're text messaging, what time is it? Boom, I send you calendar, right? It was just hmm. easier for you that way. I wanted to be convenient. By the way, this is right? a long time coming. We've rescheduled like 20 times because oh, I was yeah. in the Jersey Shore all summer. I was like, I was like, <laughs> I, was like oh, I think I'll be back. I went up there. I'm like, I'll be back in like two weeks. I think I'll be back beginning of july and right. then i wasn't back and then i was like oh you know it's going to be a summer thing and right. so i made it a summer. but, but we thanks for your patience on that man yeah but we had placeholders the entire yeah, time yeah. which was great so i have a hidden page scotteburgess.com slash and then the extension there yes and i'll forward that out to people when they're ready potential guests is what yeah. You're yeah yeah I have a and it goes through like a process yeah. and what i'll ask them to do there is email me a professional headshot schedule the studio or the microsoft i now use microsoft teams because i'm an office 365 guy i don't use zoom anymore teams audio is actually pretty good it's equivalent to skype if you go to calendly.com or the website scottyburgess.com and the thing it brings it to calendly it automates the whole thing it gives them where to go how to do it the link whatever's going to be there 
Now, when you log in, you need to have a redundancy. And this is where I think a lot of people mess up is you're relying on the video and the audio being through one platform. It's not going to come out good. Uh Right. Uh So what I do is I'll use the video through teams or zoom depending on what platform I'm using. Cause I have used Zoom in the past. I'll also record into yes. audition. Yes. Adobe I've, audition. I've we have to compress down do through before, my mixer yeah. board, through everything. So I get the best audio. Mm-hmm. Now, I did not get this from you, but we we follow the same methodology here, but we both use Alphonic. It's awesome. Unbelievable. Could we do it? Yes. We could normalize the sound and balance it all out, all those things, but it just automates the process. Yeah, it's amazing. And it does it in what, 15 minutes, 20 minutes? I mean, I have hour and a half podcasts sometimes. Right. Um, Dude, I mean... Sometimes five minutes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, depending on the length. Yeah. Depending on the length. But then from there, after the edit, every podcast that we have, I do a personal intro and a mm-hmm. personal outro. Mm-hmm. Uh, we take ownership and responsibility of that. Then we stitch it together. Mm-hmm. I always give everyone the first right of refusal. I'm not going to be a complete asshole about it. So, no, we own that audio. But what I do ask people to do, I don't know if you know this or not, but I read some laws. In certain states, New York State, for example, something happens to you, God forbid, and they say, you know something, they're your next of kin, and they say, we request, formally request, that we would like to remove Jordan's voice from your show. So That can happen? That can happen. Uh, that's interesting. So it would ruin everything in your flow, the ads, it would really screw things up. Yeah. So what I do, and I have a form through that the hidden page that goes through, please sign this form. It gives everyone the expectations of the show and it gives me use to use their voice. Yeah. I only and, recently and, implemented a similar yeah. policy. I'm not saying, well, you can't hear anything. It's our audio now. Uh-uh. I'm like, look, if there's something that's in there that you feel you made a mistake on saying mm-hmm. that's not going to hold credibility, we'll take it out. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to the point we're talking about with episode 50 coming up with the CEOs of this pharmaceutical company, mm-hmm. I said, look, I'm not here to bury anybody. If you feel that you need a review, by all means, by all means, go right ahead. I know I was very fair. My intent has always been open. We're not going to give you you know, softballs. It's going to be a real right. conversation. I mean, yeah. and if you can't have that 100%. type of conversation, guess what? Well, I'm not going to post a show. You're out. That's it. I would, I would still post I think it'd be hilarious. <laughs> See, like I, I wanted to interview the founders of the co-founders of Black Lives Matter because I've been sharing. Here we go. Open the can of worms. You know, I've had some uh, people on that uh, shared the op- opposite viewpoint of the Marxist founders of uh, Black Lives Matter share or hold, and so I wanted. To, I was like, ah, oh, you know, I'll reach out to them and uh, look. I've I've done these episodes about Black Lives Matter. You know, you have widespread support among liberals. If you, if your movement had widespread support among conservatives, I think that'd be a really great thing. If mm-hmm. And if you just answer these questions and concerns that all these conservatives have about you and your organization, I think that the whole process would be a lot more peaceful. If they and, answer and they the questions of financials alone. Oh, God. Right. <laughs> just follow the money, man. Dude, I know. And, and this they did not. say that the cause isn't worthy. But what I, I, I really don't so agree there's with. There's a difference between the organization, Black Lives Matter, and the statement. Like if you yes. can't, if you can't right. separate the organization and the, and the statement, that's your problem, not mine. Right. So 
Just because an organization names itself after a positive ideal does not mean it itself is not positive. Right. I, it's part of the devious it's I think it's a devious tactic. Like it's this is the craziest but this is abuse where they draw of a movement that we've ever seen. Yes. A lot of people. Causes a lot of confusion and, and strife. Named it after this positive ideal. I'm against the Black Lives Matter organization is like like wait, wait what? You're racist? You're racist? So now like everyone's being called a racist and the term racist is being watered down because it's being thrown out left and right. It's like my dad, he's, he's very conservative and he's like – he calls people communists. He, he's like, <laughs> like if they're liberal, he's communist. And, and when he says that, when he says that, I'm like, are they really a communist? I know that they're yeah. not actually a communist. That's what's happening with the word racist right now. Yeah. Everyone who disagrees with the morally superior opinion of social justice warriors is called a racist. The reason I brought this up is uh, – because I reached out to the founders of Black Lives Matter, the co-founders. I, yeah. I reached out to Patrice McCullers, Opal Tometi, and Alicia Garza. And you got them on the show. Hold on. Yeah. So I sent my initial outreach email to all three of them. And I was transparent. I was like, P.S. I, at the end, I was like, P.S. You know, I sent this to your other co-founders as well. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be transparent there. And so no answer. And then two weeks go by or three weeks, two or three weeks. And I send a follow-up email this time with tracking on all three of the emails. Red receipts? Yes. I can track how many times I opened it, if they clicked any links, pretty much everything. And so- What do you use an outlook for that? uh, Boomerang for Gmail. Okay. Great tool. $15 a month. Yeah. I send it with uh, the tracking and uh, I I don't remember who opened what, but one of the co-founders opened it three times from a span of 12.30 p.m. to 12.50 12.50 p.m., maybe it was Patrice McCullers that opened it uh, five times or four times from a span of 12.30 p.m. to uh, like three o'clock, so over a span of like four hours. Yeah. And the other, the other one just opened it once. I was like, they're looking here. Are they? So that's how you're engaging your interest on if people are looking to do something. Well, in the follow-up email, yeah. The follow-up emails, yeah. Uh, but I just like to know that stuff, too. They didn't we'll, respond. We'll, they, we'll didn't, they didn't want to have the conversation. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, so I'm I'm going to send one more email. When is your cutoff? Getting back to like a podcast type stuff. What's your cutoff? How many yeah. invitations? How many attempts? I'll, I'll do a cold outreach email. I'll do a follow up. I'll do another follow up, mm-hmm. and that's it. You know, sometimes I'll I'll, I'll ask again in a year. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, like uh, if it's not now, and I'm writing a book right now, I'll reach out in the summer. And then I'll do that, obviously. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I generally reach out to people more than once. Yeah. Seth Godin's an example. I reached out in the beginning of 2019 when I first started taking shots. Yeah. Actually, I got a response. I got a no. And then I reached out again in uh, mid-2020 uh, mid and uh, I got a yes. So I'll, I'll reach out again. You know, I, that's what I do. <laughs> I would love to have the conversation. Like yeah. I'm not afraid to have the conversation. Again, where I'm at with, with a lot of this is we're just going to talk. And when they say no, or I'll give you an example. One of them was this one doctor, the ketogenic guy. He said no. I'm like, man, we got some pretty good content on here. We're going for real questions, real answers for people who are struggling. Because every physician I've had on the podcast has blatantly told me up front that the medical school system has lied to them about nutrition yes, yes, and, so and business. Much. Yes. They have dude. no idea what they're doing, how they're doing it. or Especially in the nutrition front. So sad. Oh, my gosh. It, one course over a span of four years in right. residencies. That, that's it. That's all they're requ- – and, and what are the, what is that course saying? Like drink milk and 
Yeah, and well, they gave them the, the food pyramid, bread? which was right. recommended by Rockefeller back in the 1950s, which is all off because they want to push petroleum in, in vaccinations. But I digress. Anyways, uh, so that whole system that they're looking at, it, it's skewed, mm-hmm. right? Ben Azadi, I really, really yeah, I like appreciate him. him a lot because yeah. he does his homework. Yes. To like the finite example mm-hmm. and. I would put him above any physician any day of the week. Now, the only one right. I, I found that can hold weight against him would be this one other physician who I reached out to and was like, no. Mm-hmm. But manifestation. I had another physician who came on the show who was a top 100 doctor who went from an insurance-based business to a cash-based business, was a interventional cardiologist, left the field completely, and went homeopath. Halfway through, I actually started taking notes that like he was mentioning things. I was like, family member has that. I have a friend who has this. I'm mm-hmm. sitting there taking notes and jotting things down. So it's just really interesting how things present themselves mm-hmm. at the end of it all. You know, I want to know how you wrote a book. How long did it take you? Let's get to the well, easy stuff start first. With the, my first book, Growth Mindset University, which I don't recommend because it's just regurgitated theory. I was 20 years old. I hadn't done anything yet. The right. podcast playbook is based off – I was. I've been a real practitioner now for the last two and a half years. And mm-hmm. I've obviously like achieved something in the podcast world. So I'm much more qualified to write this book than Growth Mindset University, that book. But I learned how to write a book back then when I was 20 – and for context, I'm like 22 Did now. I'm about to own? turn 23. Yeah. And I learned from James Altucher. Really? He had a free guide on the internet. Yep. This was before I even had a podcast and had any thought that I'd ever be friends with him. <laughs> uh, he had this free – it's literally – I remember the link. It's jamesaltucher.com slash publish. Hopefully, it still works. It's a free guide on self-publishing. And mm-hmm. I got everything I needed from there and I just – Cool. All I got to do is write this because all the other unknown variables were solved for there. How many edits did you go through? That's a good question because I don't really know. I mean, I I tend to – I go through it multiple times. Like I, I pretend like I'm done. I put it in a book format. Like I actually get it like shipped to me mm-hmm. um, in the so book you, format. Been, I'll get it put together and have it sent out and um, and then make, some, make changes from there and then make more changes and more changes. Uh, my editing – Process could be a lot better, but uh, I mean, rest assured, no errors ever get in there. (laughs) Check me on that. All right. The reason why I'm asking you is I do believe that there is a process to the podcast business model. It's it's pretty clear. The podcast should be free product offering or small revenue generating at best. Low product cost offering would be the the book. Uh, So I'm in the beginning stages of writing a book. I do have a friend who has a podcast called Futurized uh, with Tron Unheim. He wrote the book, Pandemic Aftermath. Brilliant guy, brilliant mind. Uh, well, he, he wrote that in the last couple of months? He showed me his process, and he has a lot of different ideas. He has a couple books that are out there, but he had a couple ideas that he was working on when everything started happening. He's like, you know something? This falls in line with the book that he was about to write, so he just adjusted everything over. He gave me the two to three pages... If you can't fill this out, you don't have a book. You have gaps and you need to figure it out. And I said, okay. I said, really appreciate that. So he actually took the time and I'm going through the beginning process. Out of all the guests that you had, so think about that for a moment. Yeah. Best and worst. Ha! 
Worst. <laughs> Best and worst. Who are they? Should I call out like who's the worst? Because someone comes instantly to mind. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever uh, you want to do, your answer. He's an abrasive guy. It's his brand. And uh, I'm really grateful that he came on the podcast. And it ended up actually being a good episode that, that I got feedback on and comments on that was good. And I, I don't want to say worst, but man, uh, Tucker Max. Really? Just an abrasive guy. I was, and me as like a narcissist that's hypersensitive to any perceived slight. Mm. Uh, it was like, it was tough, man. You know, <laughs> he's a tough, tough interview. Again, I didn't listen to it. What was, again, what was it, different about it? He's just abrasive. I had to do like the first seven minutes, especially. I did so much editing. Yeah, because it was just like, oof. <laughs> I would answer a question. I would ask a question and again. This find its way back to Tucker somehow. Uh, Tucker, I'm, I'm grateful, and uh, I would I would have you on again, but it was a tough interview, might I say. The best. So let me ask you this, though. So in fairness to him, right? Yeah. There's a reason why he's like that. Yeah. Right? So why do you think he's like that? You think uh, it was an attitude during that episode, or you just think he's now? No, like he's that? like that. That's yeah. his, that's his, that's his MO. brand. Yeah, yeah, that's his M.O. I mean, read his books. It's not surprising. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> you know, it's I, have, like, I haven't read his books. That's yeah. why I'm asking. Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, he writes about, or used to at least writes about his drunken sexual adventures in a very grotesque way, a very, uh. a very interesting way. Yeah. It was, it was, it was interesting, but again, grateful that it happened. And I would never take that episode down. It's good. The best. Uh, I just, I love, when it's like Robert Green, man, mm. he was so kind. He's really mm. a very good person. Yeah. And actually, Tucker and Robert know each other very well. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is funny. <laughs> they usually do if they're writing yeah. books like that. They're yeah. on the same uh, media circuit, right? Yeah. And um, Robert, Robert's just a really kind man. I felt like he did his homework on me, mm. even. It's just my favorite thing to talk about, human nature. And that's what we talked about. And it was so – You two clicked out of the gate. We did. Yeah. I'd say unequivocally in <clears throat> my mind, that's the best one. I mean other ones that come to mind are like Dan Millman from Way of the Peaceful Warrior yep. as well as – Which is another humanity yeah. behavioral type of yeah. – Mark Manson, my first interview with him. My second one was good, but my first one with him was just I was just an all-timer. His, his book was funny. And I really yes. did enjoy it, but I'm telling you, it was really hard. Which one? The Subtle Art or everything? Subtle Art. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I haven't read the second book yet. I was told it was equally as good. It took me three chapters. By the fourth chapter, I was like, boom. It, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It snapped. For sure. I, and then I, when, I by the time I finished that. it, I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. He right. started really get into what made him tick and his yeah. motives. And he was just very honest and truthful. Yeah. And again, which is what made me snap earlier on. That's what my identification to everything was, was what I'm doing is no different than what other people have done and will do and will continue to be done. Mm. Don't worry about what people think. That was the biggest thing. Mm. This entire process yeah. has really shown me is no fear anymore. Yeah. It's like, you have an opinion? Great. It's an opinion. That's all it is. Mm -hmm. It's your opinion. Period. I'm glad you have it. I'm glad you're in a cognitive position to have it because you're alive. Yes. But have a nice one. Yes. <laughs> right? Have a nice one. Yes. Anyone else? 
Uh, well, best uh, Dean Graziosi. <laughs> The, the commonality between the he best, works with uh, Tony, Robbins. Tony Robbins. Yeah, the commonality between these people is that they're just very kind, and even though I'm not on their level, they treat me as equal. If why not would you above say that about yourself? I, you kidding me? No, I'm serious. Why would Dean you say Graziosi, that? Robert Greene, and Dan Millman? Like these are so. What's different these about are, them that you don't? These have? are legends. They've written legendary books that are known. They're world famous. So what? And. Uh, I'm just look. I'm not on that level. But, I'm not but, on that level, bro. I'm not letting you escape that easy. You, I think people understand there's a difference between Jordan Paris and those people. Okay, so they've <laughs> written great novels. Yeah, they've done extraordinary things. They're yeah, right. Are you not as kind? Are you not as? Oh no, I know. I'm I'm that, kind. That, yeah, that's my point. Yeah, that, that's no, where I'm going. No, is, but, but in terms of like. Work accomplishment. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, they've done things. My point yeah. is when you have someone like that, yeah. when they're accomplishment list. Yeah. So here's how – and I, I, I will say this in my dying day, but it's when my kids were younger and they would say, hey, what do you do for work, Dad? I'm like, well, Daddy helps good people, helps sick people get better. <laughs> yeah. No one knows who I am in a hospital mm-hmm. besides the people that need to know who I am. Uh, there are a lot of people in my earlier days who probably are glad I'm not there anymore because I made a lot of mistakes because it is a very convoluted, disruptive process that you go through. Just construction and healthcare. Uh, the two just don't mix well. Now I'm really good at what I do. Really, really good at what I do. So mm-hmm. now I go in there and I'm in a position now where I can teach some people, mentor some people, guide Actually, was telling someone today, for example, I said, look, you know what the two most important words in the English language are? I only learned this just from listening to books and just listening to people is because yes, and might. Yeah. I understand because, but not might. Because stands to reason. Yeah, I can't do something because. Yeah, there's well, there's great research on the word because in the book Influence. Right. Psychology of Persuasion. Yeah. So it's fascinating oh, research. Okay. It's, yes. When you look at the other word, might – might you think of it this way? Would you be willing? Maybe. You, you know, yeah. but, you, but you didn't there's say a, no. Why didn't you win, say there's no? A, there could this, be a, a small that's right. window open. And the commonality between both of those words is that it's never a no. There's always a small window. I understand which means you can be an exoskeleton gonna, to get in. Yeah, I'm going to take that with me. I get it. I do. So the example we were dealing with today is building – Ambulatory surgery buildings at a certain part of the country. It was already pre-built. The MEP planning, which is all the mechanical, electrical, plumbing, all on the ceiling. Everything was there. Everything was already predetermined. They came out with a design scheme that they would like to follow. If you can't change it, and I was killing back the onion. I was trying to give alternate solutions. Here's what we do. Then eventually I found out that the schematic was complete. There was no changing. Once a ceiling is done, it's done. And if you redesign a ceiling... Guess what? It's going to cost you two hundred fifty, three hundred thousand, like that. Snap really? of a finger. It's that expensive, mm-hmm. right? So I said, okay, here's what you should do. Here's why. Here's what my recommendations are, et cetera, et cetera. The biggest mistake, and this is going back to healthcare again, real quick, but uh, the biggest mistake in the consulting world that people have in healthcare specifically, I'm sure there's a generality to all of this, but in healthcare specifically, is that there's never an invitation in early. To consult yeah. ahead of time, to pre-plan ahead of time, to consider ahead of time. 
might I have considered other options before we came to our conclusion, we would have more flexibility, what I call the get out of jail free card. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of stuff has to come from the ceiling in hospitals. And when you don't have the flexibility to move those things around or add on, any addition is significant dollars. And it just cuts into the margin. And most hospitals or just healthcare institutions around the country are anywhere between 3.2 to 4.5% margin. That's it. Mm -hmm. So if you cut mm -hmm. into that. That's that's stupid. Oh, yeah. It's, <laughs> right? Why did I just made a, my first private investment into a group of uh, hospitals? It's not all bad. Yeah. It's just how and they operate. Now, yeah. Paul Summerside, who's on episode, I think, 18 and 7, he actually operated out of Wisconsin, Green Bay, Wisconsin. And he's one of the only physicians that I know that actually had a profit margin, 24.5% oh. consistently. Yeah. And he figured out the algorithms of what made ERs work and what made ERs not work. The thing was, he didn't publish it or put it out there. It wasn't an academic where he was doing all these you know, speaking events. So no one knew about it. But he had a really profitable center. That was it. Yeah. You know? We've been going for a while. Yeah, it's this been is fun. fun. It has yeah. been fun. Yeah. Best books you've read, what would you recommend? And what are you reading now? And this is also going to include... Uh, your audiobooks as well. The Laws of Human Nature. Robert Greene. By Robert Greene. Yep. Way of the Peaceful Warrior by mm -hmm. Dan Millman and Mark Manson's Subtle Art. Um, I listened to a book called Nonviolent Communication. Oh, time out. We just finished that book. <laughs> I want to stage you this. read it or listen to it? I listen to it. Yeah. yeah. Isn't his voice, I, I don't read books. His voice is incredible. Actually, I thought the reverse. I couldn't stand the slow, <laughs> well, I slow. I had it at 1.25x like or something. Dude, I had it at 1.9. Oh. <laughs> because he had a. I like it. Like, oh, really? I didn't notice that. Couldn't stand it. It drove my eardrums wacko. Yeah, that would get me if I noticed it. Speeding it up not only got me through the book faster because he was very, very slow paced for me. I yes. cannot go that slow. <laughs> but with the ticks, it also helped cover those up a lot as well. Mm-hmm. In general, there is no other book. No, there is no other book. There is no other book. And, and I, yeah. I never realized how violent we are with our words. Right. We're, We're always awful. diagnosing people. Oh, my gosh. It's yeah. like, like it's just so crazy. I mean, think about the logic right, that he describes in there. Where is the logic <laughs> in saying, I feel like, Scott, I feel like you're cheating me. That's not a feeling. Yeah. That's not what you're feeling. Like, like I'm diagnosing that. what you're doing. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying how I'm feeling. Right. <laughs> You're trying to assess in your favor to position it for an outcome for you. Yeah. Period. Did you read Instant Influence? No. Got to read that book. I'm listening to it right now. About halfway through, it talks about not just human behavior, identity as well. Mm -hmm. And how to convince anyone in seven minutes through self-intuition and self-exploration how to change their own mind. On their own. It's used as the standard training for every emergency trauma center I've, yeah, in the United I've States. I've heard of the book, yeah. So when I listen to nonviolent communication now with instant influence, my mind yes. is completely shifted Yes, as far as better approach. Because Marshall talks somewhat about the instant influence type yes. of scenarios. Yes, definitely. Right? But then when you learn the skills and tactics of the instant influence 
program, which they actually do teach you in the book, and you smash both of them together, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Recently, I had uh, someone say, man, like you've had like all this personal growth. And, and I'm like, thank you. Appreciate that. Thank you for recognizing. Realistic, it's these books. These books, I, I never, I never knew they were going to have that much of an impact. Well, it was crazy what they did. Yeah. Half the time, when I'm thinking about, okay, am I actively trying to do this? The answer is no. Now it's just naturally happening on its own. I'm more I mean, calm. I'm like, well, it's no reason to get upset. Yeah. How would you have done it? Yeah. Why? How did that make you feel? What emotions did you have when you do that? Mm. When you tie what emotion did you have? Actually, I did it to my daughter the other day because she blew up at one of her mm. uh, her sisters. Let me paint the picture. This is classic. A lot of parents probably have gone through this uh, if you had multiple daughters. But she had borrowed her mascara without asking. So it was a typical sibling. You took something without asking for it first scenario. So insert mascara, insert sneakers, game, uh, whatever. Okay. Phone, whatever it may be. So she was upset because Michelle said something to her. So I said, let me ask you a question. Might you had asked, might, <laughs> might you had asked a question, hey, would you mind if I used your mascara just to try it out first? Would that be okay? And then when you yes, buy another yes, one, yes. I'll go halves with you. Yeah. Would that be okay? She knew that it made sense. She's a very logical kid. Knew right away. Went to my other daughter and said, had she asked you that, <laughs> What would you have said? I didn't want to use my stuff. I said, I know you didn't want her using your stuff, was my question. Had she, she was, yeah, I probably would have let her, but I wouldn't have liked it. Mm -hmm. Did you hear that, honey? <laughs> my gosh. And it was that simple. Yeah. So there's no more getting upset. It's just not worth it anymore. And growing up in Boston, growing up Christian Italian household, oh, Italian Irish for that matter, we had pasta Sundays, pasta Wednesdays. Yeah, you, sure. you know the, the cultures, yeah. right? Loud families, uh, not abrasive families, but just loud families where you have to be loud to be heard and seen and everything else. Not that there's no need for it, right? Everyone has their ways. Mm -hmm. But, man, it, if I had known that stuff when I was a kid, I'd probably be president right now. <laughs> right. I mean, Maybe it, I'll be president. One right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but combining, going back, yeah. combining those two books, Jordan, it is just crazy, mm -hmm. crazy, crazy. You got the final word. What would you like to leave everybody with? Oh, that's tough. Uh, give me a, a, nope. a direction to think in. Nope. It's your last word. Sure. All right. Start replacing the word hope with plan. Do not say, oh, I hope I grow my business. No, like make a plan to grow your business. Don't say, I hope I have a productive day. Like plan to have a productive day. Yeah, like yeah, hope yeah. is not a strategy. Hope is essential, but hope alone, hope itself is not a strategy. I look at hope as an escape word. Yes, yeah. it is. So prosperities of all kinds yeah. can be yours with a simple plan. You know, as Jim Rohn would say, if you want to be healthy, make a make a health plan. If you want to be wealthy, make a wealth plan. And you don't have to be healthy to make a health plan. You don't have to be wealthy to make a wealth plan. Mm. Uh, just don't hope for it. Right, right, right. Hope's yeah. not a strategy. Just yeah. plan on it. Jordan, you took the time to come over to the studio. Really appreciate you, man. Thank you for all the tips. Personally, thank you for all the tips. Thanks, Scott, for having me. Over the, the last couple of months, helping me out yeah, and getting yeah. this thing going. You definitely have helped influence all that. 
I have watched him. I've admired aspects of how he runs his business and his podcast. They really stood out to me. And I was like, you know something, that's different. That's unique. I would like to do something like that as well. And the best form of flattery often is when people borrow things from you. And so much so when people will go to the podcast section of my website, it will match Jordan's because I think it's smart. It's flashy. It's easy. Oh, what does this one say? Oh, no. What does this one say? And what does that one say? Uh, Jordan can be found at jordanparis.com. You can pick up his book, The Podcast Playbook. If you are looking to start your own podcast, if you're looking to start your own business venture, trendup.media, you can find him there as well. He's all over social, Instagram, Facebook. His Facebook page is actually pretty funny, pretty unique stuff. Uh, Which he, Facebook page? Rockstar one. Oh, the... There's some of the comments that people yeah, laugh yeah, and yeah, chuckle. I, I find different insights sure. with all that kind of stuff. Uh, LinkedIn, of course, he's on there. Subscribe uh-huh. to his podcast, uh, Growth Mindset University. Uh, he has amazing guests, Thanks. amazing guests on the show. And, and they're different interviews too, a lot of yeah, the time. They are. Not all the time. Like, you know, I could have done a lot more Grant Cardone. Um, Grant Cardone, I mean, and just to give everyone an example of what you're going to get from his podcast is Grant Cardone is a, I don't want to say multimillionaire. He's almost a billionaire, mm-hmm. this guy, okay? I know when I've done a good job, when someone says I've never been asked that before. Oh, or, I love that. I love when people say that. Yeah. Grant actually said that. He says, you know something, no one's ever asked me that before. And it was about the education system, their views on it. So if you have any interest in there, go check that out. It was really unique. That's what's different about Jordan. He's one of those that's going to deliver intrigue. So go check him out uh, and give him a review. If you have any topic options that you would like to hear on the show, please reach out. Let us know what they are. I will reply back to you or Michelle will reply back to you. Check out my new website, scotteburgess.com. Healthcare 360. Thanks, everybody. Boom. That's it, dude. Thank you very much. I love a good in-person podcast. <laughs> I could do this every day. I want to thank Jordan Paris for joining me in studio as he is so far ahead of the game. And I look forward to learning from him and continuing our friendship. If you like Healthcare 360 and enjoyed this conversation, give this podcast a share and write a review. It really helps out the show. And if you haven't already done so, please remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any way you enjoy listening. If you want the conversation to continue, you can find me through my Instagram handle at Scott E. Burgess or direct message me on my WhatsApp plugin at scotteburgess.com. If you'd like to have a conversation or discuss a topic option on Healthcare 360, look for the calendar link in the podcast notes below and let's set up a time to talk. Thanks again. This is Scott Burgess. And from all of us with the Healthcare 360 team, we'll see you for episode number 53 with Jason Eric Ross. As always, thank you for being a part of the 360 Nation. See you next time.